Boom, shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass with none other than the Tony Robbins Fire Nation. This is a 53-minute chat with Tony, and it is so full of value bombs. I'm not even going to give you some teasers because it's just all unbelievable value. And Tony shares some things in this interview that I've never heard him share before. And Fire Nation, our strong call to action during this episode is for you to join us, myself, Tony Robbins, Dean Graciosi, Russell Brunson, and so many amazing people. We are going to break the internet again on February 27th for this free live stream that's happening. So much value is going to be dropped on this live stream, Fire Nation, and they are limiting the number of people that can be in the chat. And believe me, you want to be in the chat. So head over to eofire.com slash KBB, check availability, go ahead and pause this right now because I want you to get in that first wave and be in the chat, eofire.com slash KBB. I will see you there, Fire Nation. Let's give a quick thanks to our sponsors and we'll dive right in. Great sleep starts with a great bed. Get $150 off your purchase of the pod by 8sleep plus free shipping when you visit 8sleep.com slash fire today. That's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash fire. A new year is the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people, but finding qualified candidates can be challenging. Lucky for us, there's ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's all in love though, because we all win together, right? Oh, I know. That's the, that's the true spirit of competition, right? It's cooperating <laughs> to make each other better. That's really what it is, but it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. Well, great. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm so touched that you've, that you've not only you've been touched by it, but your people. That really makes me feel happy. I got to tell you, I go into the community and I just read on days. I just listen to my spirits. You know, if I'm exhausted, you know, I've just got off the road and I'm beating the ground. It's just so beautiful. You've got people in 80 countries now and we're getting like 160,000 messages a month. And just like, it's so universal, the support of each other and their mindset and seeing their growth. I mean, it's, it's really incredibly fulfilling because I've gotten to do this, you know, my whole life. So to see other people get to do what you and I do you know you have the same benefit we have we have a vehicle most people don't have a vehicle certainly not one that gives them the meaning they much much less the income but the meaning is the part that I think is just you can't get you can make money a zillion ways but to do it in a way where you feel like life really you're making a difference in life is what's really exciting to me to see so many other people get a chance to do like us so thanks for having me on and thanks for the sharing with me your experience of the people and I'll look forward to seeing you in Fiji again for sure you know it Tony and I mean you never say a word that isn't truly valuable so I mean this is just a perfect segue really into the interview and my first question because I mean okay. what I love about what KBB did for so many people is it had them make an an investment in themselves. A lot of them, it was a leap, but they made the investment. And so they were in and they had to commit and they they did things they didn't even believe were possible as a result. And like I mentioned in our pre-interview chat, I had 50 of them down here in Puerto Rico for a mastermind. So I, I've seen firsthand what they've done and what they've built and the, the lives that they've impacted because of this now. So I want to take you back to one of your earliest and most impactful investments that you made in yourself when it was kind of scary to do that. What, what did that look like? Oh my gosh, I've had so many. I'll tell you the first one. I know the first one uh, because it's what got me in self-education. I my I grew up very poor and I was with my fourth father and my mom had this friend of hers that back in the 70s was, uh, you know, the, the Orange County, California, the stock, or not the stock, or the real estate market was going crazy. And this guy was, you know, buying homes and fixing them and flipping them. And in order to do it efficiently, he'd hire strong guys to come and do the moving. So he'd have to spend a bunch of money on it. And so I heard about it. I needed to make some more money. And but what really intrigued me is I wanted to meet him because my mom said, you know, this guy's doing this thing. He's really succeeding. I don't know how he's doing it. My dad goes, he used to be such a loser. Like, how, <laughs> how did he turn himself around, right? So so when I was there, I'm a, I'm a kid, right? I'm working my ass off. You know, I, I was 5'1", my sophomore year in high school. And all of a sudden, I went through this one with my junior year. During the summer, I grew 10 inches. I had a tumor in my, my pituitary gland. So I'm this big guy now, kind of skinny, but big, but strong. And I'm a hard worker. So I go to work for this guy. And I'm busting my tail. And one day, towards the end of the day, he goes, I have not had a harder worker than you. He said, I got to tell you, man, I just really appreciate that you do it also in such a great state. You know, he didn't say stay in such a happy place, he said, you know. 
And I said, well, thanks. I said, well, can I ask you a couple questions? Because I said, I came to work here not just to make some money, but because, you know, I heard you're really successful. I mean, my dad said you used to be such a loser and now you're really successful. I literally <laughs> said this to this guy. You know, kids can say anything. Right. And he goes, your dad said, what? And, and so I said, well, and I, you know, I try to backtrack. He goes, well, your dad's right. I was such a loser. I said, well, what changed you? He said, I went to a seminar. And I said, well, what's a seminar? I never heard of such a thing. He goes, well, there's this man, his name is Jim Rohn, and he does this like three and a half hour talk where he takes all these learned in like 25 years of his life in business, and he shares with you the best lessons he's learned. It's, it's like, you know, you're able to save like decades in a few hours, and it teaches you what to do and be able to do it faster, quicker, and better without all the pain. And I said, wow. I said, that sounds interesting. I said, uh, you know, could you get me in? And he said, yeah. And they paused. And I said, well, will you? And he said, no. I said, why not? He goes, because if you don't invest in it, you won't value it. I said, trust me, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll value it. He goes, no. I said, well, how much does it cost? He said, $35, which right now sounds like nothing, but that'd be like, when you look at inflation, it's like 500 bucks, right? So for three hours, and I'm like, well, $35, I'm working $40 a week as a janitor. That's a week's pay. He said, well, then don't go. He goes, keep doing what you're doing and say you'll learn the hard way and maybe 20 or 30 years from now you'll learn what he could have told you in one night for a week's pay and i was like man and i man i struggled with that decision i can remember it vividly like oh my god a week's pay like for just three hours but in the end i was like you know what the knowledge has got to be worth it so i take the money i drive my 1968 volkswagen baja bug down in this place and i go in i hear jim Rohn speak and these little round tables are like you know 1200 people in the room it just looked like the biggest thing i'd ever imagine and i'd read a lot of these books already i was already into personal development he'd say something you know i read think you're rich and i finished the phrase you know, that kind of thing i was kind of obnoxious <laughs> but at the end of that i was on fire and i went to him and said i want to come to work for you and he said look young man he goes you know that's not how it works here he said you know um I, I, you want to come work for me you got to invest on all my programs and his programs back then were 1200 bucks it'd wow. be like 10 grand today you know and there was for one weekend, just one weekend. And I was like, holy shit. And I was like, well, I, you know, I'm working a janitor, I'm 40 hours a week. He goes, you know, people have, some people have to get what they want. Some people make excuses. He said, decide which one you are. And if you are, I'll see you at the program. And then we can talk about working. <laughs> so I literally went out to banks to borrow $1,200. Now I've gone, I thought $35 a big investment myself. And I went, I, I went to five banks and, you know, they, they said no with me walking in, right? I wasn't prepared, but it's a true story. I went to the Bank of America uh, in West Covina, California, a place called Citrus Avenue, Giant Avenue. And I walk in, it's the first time I ever made like a power move. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just pumping myself up. I got to get this done. I'm running out of time, right? I got to get this done. So I walk in and I look for somebody to look persuadable. And there's this one woman who's a loan officer who looked like she had, you know, kind of a middle-aged lady and kind eyes. And I thought, she'll understand, right? So I walk up to her and I give her my pitch. I shake her hand vigorously, you know, and I was like, my name is Tony Robbins. I'm here today to borrow $1,200. I don't want it for a car or for a vacation. I want it so I can attend a seminar. Right? And she starts to giggle. And I thought that is not a good sign. Yeah. right? And so anyway, long story short, and I finally, she says, slow down, slow down. What is, what is seminar? And I said, yeah, I'm going to show up myself how to manage my time and do this and help people. And I'm going to help myself. And I said, I'm going to learn this stuff. And I said, I'm going to then go help hundreds of thousands of people. I, you know, I didn't think in millions or billions at that point. Right. And so she said, well, sit down, young man. Let me see your applications. I give her my application. The first thing she notices is my age. You know, I'm 17. She said, well, you're 17. I said, yeah. She goes, when's your birthday? I said, well, it's coming up in a few weeks. She goes, well, we can't sign a contract till you're 18. I said, well, I'll be 18 soon. And she said, okay. And then she looks more in the, and then I had my address. It was on Citrus Avenue. This is a totally true story. It's not made up. It's crazy. I look back and now it's insane. She goes, Citrus Avenue is the big avenue that goes through like four, four cities. And it's a commercial avenue. And she goes, I didn't throw apartments on Citrus Avenue. And I said, well, I kind of have a mobile home. I was sleeping in my car behind 7-Eleven or Denny's. I moved so that police didn't make me stop. And I convinced the mailman at 7-Eleven to use the address. And I'd be there at noon each day to get my mail. True story. <laughs> and so I couldn't lie to her. So I told her the whole truth. And like the look in her eyes of total like shock was insane. And I and she goes, you want the bank to loan you money. And we can find you at 7-Eleven sleeping in your car. She goes, they're never going to do this. And I'm like, I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm like so intense. Anyway, long story short. And she looks at me and, and I said, I got to do this. You understand? I'm, I'm going to learn this stuff. I'm going to help so many people. And I was just so much passion. And she felt my passion. She said, listen, I don't think the bank will loan you the money, but I'm going to go to them and talk to them. But she said, if, she, uh, if they don't, I will. Wow. I'll co-sign for you. 
I'll co-sign for you, but you look me in the eye and swear to me, I'm never going to have to look for you. And she got them to loan me 1200 bucks. <laughs> Her name was Mrs. Williams. I get emotionally thinking about it today. It's been so many years. It's just amazing. And so I took this 1200 bucks. I did pay it off. And I went to this two and a half day seminar. I didn't have any money to stay there. I spent all the money on the seminar. I met a guy there named Mike Keys, who's been my friend for 42 years, 43 years now, still Freddy's. He was almost as broke as I was, but he had room for money for a hotel. And he let me stay in his hotel room. And I was there. I took notes like nobody on earth because like other nice. people, they wander around, go to the bathroom. It's like Mike and I are sitting there writing because like every word, I figured at one point, every word is worth like three cents. <laughs> like, what do you say? And, write down and, right? You know, whatever it is. You know? But sincerely, I, you know, like, I could not not use that. I, I had given away my house, basically, sleeping in my car to do this. And then I went to work for Jim Rohn and I started to grow my business. And that got me in the, you know, self-education business because all my education has been self-education. I mean, I went to high school and then I went to, a, I got a scholarship to San Luis Obispo College when I was 14 because I started writing. I wanted to be a professional athlete and I clearly didn't have the talent. So I thought I'd be a sports writer, sportscaster. And I started working for a daily newspaper, just that same kind of passion. And then, uh, but my, my, my destiny was for something different. It was to serve in a very different way. And, but it all came because all along the way, even in the writing, I didn't go to normal classes. I went to extension classes at UCLA at 14 years old and convinced them to let me go in the class and learn how to do sports writing, sitting next to the guy that worked for the LA times. So my whole life has been this, I, I, my competitive edge has been, I don't get a standard education. I go find the best and I find a way to learn from them and see how I can compress decades into days. And so now here I am 43 years later, I'm going to turn 60 in a month or two here, month, I guess. And it's like, I have this privilege of traveling the earth and being able to work with people and help them. You know, I'm working with Conor McGregor right now on his UFC fight. I'm, you know, I've worked with every living president. I work with guys in prisons. You know, I work with children. I, you know, my average seminar is 12,000 people. I did an event last year for 35,000 people. I'm doing one this year for 85,000 wow. people in a football stadium. So it's like all that started with me doing my first seminar for free. At, in the LA Hilton, where I spent all this money to, I just wanted to help people. I ran these ads. I thought for sure I'll get 500 people, spent a fortune. It wasn't like now we go on Facebook or use social media and, you know, it was expensive. You had to make brochures and print them and pay for the mail. And seven people showed up. True story. Seven. And they're all spread across different parts of the room. So I was like, come on, that's where I started. And this is where I am now. And every step has been because I wasn't willing to settle for a standard education. You know, I read Think and Grow Rich. I'm sure you did too. And yep. you probably remember the chapter on specialized knowledge. You know, like general education will get you nothing. No, nothing. It'll get you next to nothing. Most general education, you can ask, you know, Google and they'll tell you. Ask Siri and she'll tell you. But specialized knowledge that can truly serve, that is what was the ticket to my being able to help millions of people. First, myself, of course. But then once I helped myself and knew it work, I'd help a dozen other people and then hundreds and thousands and now, you know, hundreds of millions. One theme I want to pull out of this, Fire Nation, is when you pay, you pay attention. And I love, Tony, how you shared that, that one phrase. Every word was worth three cents. And you were obsessing <laughs> over every single word. No, I was. Because I was. it was worth I three cents. I'm not going to miss a thing. Oh, and I can just so clearly remember every single time I had a friend reach out to me, a high school friend, college friend, and say, John, I see what you've done with Podcasters Paradise and with your podcast can you give me a scholarship to your community podcast paradise? Like I can't wait to launch my podcast. It's going to be great. And I remember the first few people, I just gave them that quote unquote scholarship. And you know what, Tony, nothing, absolute crickets, no action, no value, absolutely nothing. They just didn't pay attention because they didn't pay. So they, you know, they just had this like spur of the moment thought, but then they never actually focused on it. But then ever since then, like the fourth or the fifth person, I said, listen, I want you to succeed, but here's the link. You can join. It's X number per year. And this is what it's going to be. And those people who have joined, definitely not 100% success rate by any stretch, but at least there's some success stories now of friends I have, because guess what? They paid. Now they're paying attention because it's real and it's serious. And Tony, I look at you and you went and you learned every word was three cents and Jim Rohn was a mentor for you when you first started out. How did you take that knowledge that you learned from Jim Rohn at that seminar and in future seminars and in future engagements you had with him? How did you take that knowledge that you learned from him and propel your career at the very beginning? You know, there are two things that make you successful. Strategy, skills, and philosophy or psychology, right? You need them both. If, if you have the right skills with the wrong psychology, you'll never apply it. You'll know what to do and you won't do it. If you have the right philosophy, you can get the skills. But if you can get both, 
you have such an advantage because like even in the speaking world, you know, most people are either teach philosophy or they teach strategy and you, you need them both. Jim was really a business philosopher. Uh, what I got from Jim was the answer to a burning question. I had four fathers, you know, we had no money for food. You know, I, I, we just hit two weeks ago. I fed a half a billion meals in the last five years in the U S alone. Wow. You know, I committed 10 years ago or five years ago that in 10 years, I feed a billion people. And I fed 38 million already in my lifetime, but I was like, I wanted up to hundred million a year and we just hit it. Um, but like to get to those numbers was like such a jump, but it started with me feeding, you know, seven people. And one of the burning questions I had back then, because I had four fathers and we didn't have money for food, you know, I got fed. That's why, you know, I do this now. It's like, it's not because I'm such a good person. It's just, I know what suffering feels like. So I don't want else to suffer. But Jim answered the question being like, why are we, why is my forefathers and we're always broke? We have no money for food on Thanksgiving. I mean, I don't understand because, you know, you know, not all my fathers were equal people, to be fair. They're all good humans. But, you know, one of my fathers worked his ass off, you know, and, and we were always broke. He worked as an underground parking attendant for 51 years, right? You know, like back in the days before there were machines, he'd take your money and give you your change and give you your ticket. All day, every day, come home and get drunk. He was not a mean drunk. He was a nice man. But, like, that was his whole life, and we never had anything, a pot to pee in. And I was always embarrassed when we'd go someplace because my dad, you know, would I, I called him mooching because I felt embarrassed by it. And I said, I'm never going to be that way. But at the same time, instead of just judging my dads, I just want to know, why? Mm. And Jim Rohn said something really brilliant to me when I first met him. He said, Tony, you got to understand something. We're all equal as souls, but we're not equal in the marketplace. I said, what does that mean? He said, the value you bring to the marketplace will determine the quality of your economic life. But he said, the value that you bring to the marketplace will be a reflection of your spirit and your soul and what you're here for. That I understood because I, I, I always wanted to do things. I wanted to do more for people. I love people. And so I said, well, what do you mean? And he gave me an example. I'll never forget him. Back then, I don't even remember what it was, but I give you the equivalent today. He said, you know, if you work at McDonald's, and I don't know, it was $3, then $2.50. Now it's $8 an hour is the average. So 16 grand a year is what you make if you work at McDonald's. Just crazy, right? Can't live on it. Mm. But $8 an hour, you go, but there's, you can say that's unfair and that's unjust, but it's an opening position. He said, you're not supposed to stay there. He said, and the reason it's whatever it was, two dollars and fifty cents back then, two twenty-five, whatever. I can't remember the exact number. He said, is because anybody can learn that in a very short period of time. Today, it's you know, you, they got symbols. You can hit what the fry was right. like. You don't even <laughs> have to do that, right? You know. So he said, so it's not that it's unfair. People say it's unfair. It's not unfair. It's an opening. Your job is to do more than just what you have to do there. So you stand out. So you grow. So you move. He said. You know, if you look around, I'll give you modern terms. Let's say like a guy like David Tepper or Ray Dalio or something like that. You know, well, David Tepper a few years ago, I remember, you know, he made like, I think it was $4 billion right. that year in 2008. I think it was 2008, if I remember right. And people are like, that's so unfair. Well, he produced a 47% compounded return for his clients. <laughs> when you were getting a one, less than 1% if you put your money in the bank, which means it takes 72 years to double your money. You know, you make a 42% return, you're, you you can develop wealth. And a lot of that wealth is going to nonprofit organizations that invested with him, right? So he's adding more value. So what Jim said is, here's what you got to do. You got to work on yourself so much, work harder on yourself than your job until you have got skills and abilities that can do more for others than anybody else does. He said, the secret to business is do more for others than anybody else does. He said, it's your nature, Tony, as a friend. I know this by the way you treated the people around it, but you got to have that be your nature in business and have the skills to back it up. And so I became obsessed with that. And I've gone from nothing to now I have 54 companies. I got an AI company. I've got, you've been in my place in Fiji, top yeah. resort in the country. You know, I've got, I own a portion of the LAFC soccer club, football team in the United, you know, over in LA, we built the stadium. I get, the diversity of companies I have is, is wild and insane. And AI, all these companies, and we're doing $6 billion a year. And I started with nothing. I have no business background, but I have one, I have multiple skills I've learned, obviously. But the one overriding principle is I've got to keep educating and strengthening so I, have, I can add more value in the marketplace than anyone else in that category. And if you do that, you eventually dominate. And that's the basis of it all. And so Jim got me that philosophy. Then strategically, you know, he taught me simple things, you know, for things to change, you got to change. You know, I was looking for the world to change for things to get better. You got to get better. So simple, but those philosophies guided me. And then I started looking for strategies. And so what I want to do is help people to change. So when I was in my twenties or when I was 15, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going forward. What am I going to do? I want to, I want to make things happen. You know, I wanted to be a professional athlete was clearly wasn't working. So gradually I started to get a different vision. I thought, okay, in my twenties, 
I want to help anyone to change their life. I want to learn the skills, the abilities, the tools, not like one area like your body. I want your body, your emotions, relationship, finances. I Change. I want to help anyone change who wants to and know I can if they're committed and I'm committed. And then in my 30s, I said, I'm going to do that with you know, small groups so I can reach more people. And then by my 40s, I should be able to do a big groups, so my 50 giant groups in my 60s, you know, either work in government or or do a spiritual approach or figure out maybe a global platform to do that, right? And so I've always been ahead by pretty much 10 years in that set of targets, but it was all driven by this. And I got the skills. And when I got the skills, then I started doing what I did best. I would go to somebody and I built the coaching business. There was no coaching. No one called it coaching even back then when I started 44 years ago, 43 years ago. It was like, okay, I'm not a motivator. I hate that term because motivation is nice. But I'm a strategist, but nobody gets strategists. I'm a coach. I was an athlete. You know, I was a better athlete than some of my coaches. I'm not good enough to be a pro. But they, they weren't better than me. They just saw things I couldn't see because I was in the game. Okay, I'm a coach. And I started flipping that mindset. And then I don't want to be a therapist. And then gradually, I was about to give up coaching as the metaphor when all of a sudden everybody came to coach. I remember I was being interviewed by Larry King. I had been I was coaching the President of the United States, Bill Clinton. And it came out, I was coaching him. I didn't tell anybody. It came out. Somebody on his staff got it out. And so they called me on Larry King. And one of the things he says, what is this? You're not a coach. You don't coach teams. I said, actually, I do coach teams. But that's not the point. You know, it's something larger. And so I was able to actually help create an industry. You know, the problem with that industry is no longer based on mine one. Mine was results. That's how I built my brand. I was like, okay, U.S. Army, go to this general. Give me any training program, general. I'll cut the training time in half. I don't care if you've been doing it 20 years and I'll increase the competency. He says, you're crazy. I said, I'm expensive. We negotiate. <laughs> but here's how I negotiated. I said, listen, you have no risk. You pay me this much only if I deliver. No one in your history has done it. And if I don't, you pay me nothing. And so that's what coaching was supposed to be. Now people go and they go to some class and somebody gives them a certificate and they haven't done shit. And so there's a lot of coaches, just like any industry, there's a lot of shit, anything. There's only a few great ones, but there are great ones out there. There's more great ones today than any other time. But that's how this all rolled. So I evolved from, think of it this way. I went to work for Jim Rohn. So I got in the knowledge business. I didn't know there's such a thing, but I, I didn't have the skills I knew somebody that was great and I wanted other people to know about him. I told all my friends and after a while, I was like, hey, I, what if I could do this full time so that I'd live these principles and I'd live them every day because I'd have to. And then gradually I got to where I was reporting other people's stuff. I interviewed 100 people in the area of sales and we're making a quarter of a million dollars a year. This is like 30 years ago. That was a lot of money, you know, a million and a half plus now or more, two million. What do they have in common? And I built a seminar out of that. And so now I was the reporter of other people's performance. And then gradually, I became the expert myself. Same, even, even in the modern times for me, like, you know, back in 2008, when the stock market crashed and the you know, worst economic time in history since the, since the Great Depression, I looked around and I was doing well, but I knew it was like to suffer. So it wasn't a you know, statistic, all these people losing their homes or losing half their 401ks. And it's like, what can I do? And I was like, okay, no one's going to believe me. I've, I've worked with Paul Tudor Jones, one of the top 10 traders in the world, literally, for 24 years. He hasn't lost money in 24 years. I've learned a ton to say the least. He gives me so much credit, but it's him, but I've helped. And I know a lot, but what if I interviewed 50 of the smartest people in the world, Ray Dalio, Carl Icahn, Warren Buffett, and I, I got them to tell me what they do. And then I taught that to people. And so I became the reporter. But now as I've done that, that took my companies. I took what I learned, both in investing and business, and took my companies from 50 to $100 million to $6 billion. That's a pretty big jump, but it wasn't me. It was just applying their principles. And now I'm the expert in that area. Now I'm the guy that does that. And so those three stages are what I see the knowledge business is made up of. And now you know it because you're in it. It's a business that's growing faster than almost any industry in the world. Forbes is doing almost a half a billion dollars a day right now, $166 billion a year. And Forbes says the next five years, it's going to double. It's going to be a billion dollar a day business because our education system is broken. I mean, there, there are 111 companies, 111 universities right now in the U.S. alone that have a billion dollars set aside. They're hedge funds with a school attached, right? I mean, mm. it's like, and, they're, and they've raised the prices so insanely, eight times more than the pace of people's earnings. What? So now the average person, they got $1.5 trillion worth of debt for young people, and they're not starting families. They're not buying their homes. They're holding back to start because the average person has $30,000 of their debt, and it's for an education that's outdated. You know, it's just crazy. So uh, my mission and Dean's mission, I know your mission, our mission is to really take self-education and make it the norm. It's made me who I am and I want other people to have that gift. And so what I realized people need is I had so much trial and error learning, you know, in 40 years plus, you know, Dean's been doing it 20 years between us are 60 years. So it's like, okay, 
what if we took everything we know and we systematize it? Because I'm from the old school. There was no internet. You had to pay for mailing. You had to make brochures, manually and pay for them. You had to rent rooms. Now we live in a virtual world where anyone can learn if they have the right systems. And so we put not only the education together, but the systems together. And that's why we have 24,000 people from 80 countries. And we have the largest launch in history at 225,000 people online with us last year. And we're about to do it again this February. And it's going to be unbelievable. And Tony, your passion about the knowledge broker business just gives me the chills. And I love that Jim Rohn quote. I have to go back there. We're all equals as souls, but we are not equals in the marketplace. In Fire Nation, it's you investing in knowledge that's going to ignite you in the marketplace. So Fire Nation, I really hope you are absorbing these words because we have so much more fire coming up as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. A new year brings a lot of great opportunities, and one of those is a renewed focus on the growth of your business. That's why right now is the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be challenging. Lucky for us, ZipRecruiter.com slash fire makes it easy. Here's how it works. Once you post your job, ZipRecruiter sends it to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Fire Nation, I am passionate about a lot of things, but very high up on my list, sleep. Because I know that if I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm risking my ability to perform at the highest level. In fact, research has proven that deep sleep not only enhances your physical performance and mental clarity, but also your energy levels and your overall health. And according to new research, people who sleep in hot environments have been found to have elevated levels of the stress hormone cortisol the very next day. I don't know about you, but I can definitely relate to tossing and hurting when my body temperature is too high. That's why I want to tell you about The Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is the only bed that automatically adjusts the temperature throughout the night so you can get your deepest, most comfortable sleep. It's for these reasons and more that 94% of people who sleep on The Pod say they sleep better. Get $150 off your purchase of The Pod by 8 Sleep plus free shipping when you visit 8sleep.com slash fire today. That's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash fire. Tony, you learned all this knowledge from Jim Rohn and you shared it with the world. Why do you think people still have limiting beliefs when it comes to sharing their knowledge that they've learned from others with others? I think they they don't understand the power of modeling. If I just done Jim Rohn, I probably wouldn't either. Like Jim opened the door for me, but then I learned NLP from John Grinder, the co-founder. And then, and it's just like, I didn't, I stopped thinking, I remember in the early days, I had like some role models and I was disappointed because they weren't what I thought they were. And, you know, I grew up like nobody's perfect. Now I have all these role models. And what I do is, and by the way, my judgment of them is just my judgment. Anyway, I might be full of right? So I'm hearing things third party. <laughs> so what I learned to do is go, okay, there's something they know. If, if somebody is successful, not somebody is promotionally successful, like, you know, the secret. I remember they came to me with a secret. Oh, yeah. the secret's the greatest thing. And we want you to be the star of the secret. And I said, I wouldn't do that in a million years. And they go, why? <laughs> I said, because it's a lie. It'll be popular for two, three, four, five years. And it's going to disappear because it's a lie. Don't get me wrong. Law of attraction is real. But are you going to tell me people that were in Auschwitz were there because they were negative thinkers? Mm. I have this guy that cut my hair and he's like, oh, I practice a secret to He's like, you know, 20 years, whatever the hell it was, 15 years ago, whenever it came out. And he's like, I practiced and I got all green lights and I got here early. So what are you going to do when you get all red lights? You're going to think there's something wrong? <laughs> I said, sometimes, don't get me wrong, law of attraction is real, but it's only one of hundreds of laws that affect your life. And you're going to tell everybody that's the secret because it's so simple and they like it and, and they'll get excited about it as the next new thing till it dies. So I said, you know, you got to do something that's sustainable. You got to do something that really matters. And I so I think a lot of people, they go to one thing and then it doesn't work long term and they lose certainty. They lose belief. They lose faith or they don't just believe in themselves. Now, I didn't believe myself either. I got to be honest with you. I mean, it's like, you know, I show up with seven people. It wasn't terribly encouraging. Right. But what I did was I learned to train my mind like a muscle. 
And I still do it this way. I'm going to be 60 a month here. And it doesn't change. I start every morning. You know it. I jump in a freezing cold. Yep. You know, in any of my homes, I have these cold plunges that are 56 degrees. In my home in Sun Valley, I was just there. I walked through the snow and mm. got in the water. 42 degrees, right? There's never been a day I can remember where I was like, I can't wait to get in that water. Not one. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why the hell do I do it? I do it because I've trained my brain. When I say jump, mother, you know what? You yep. jump. Not here to well, maybe in five minutes, maybe when I feel better. Like, I think the biggest illusion people have is they think they have to feel good to do something. Right. That's if I waited to feel good, I wouldn't be who I am. I've trained myself that even I'm afraid I do it anyway. I don't know what to do. That's when you know what to do. You put your ass on the line and you do it. And I prepare, I think, I research, I read, I do, but I also make myself do things and it becomes a habit. And when you develop that habit, you will blow through everybody else who's still analyzing or analyzing whether this will work or not. The way you make it work is you test, you try, you do a ton of work up front, you work with the best. You don't go because someone's a promoter. You know, you know, it's a promoter. That's why I started to tell you about the, the secret, because it's like it works for two or three years. Show me someone who's done something for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 20 years, and they still got the result. They know something you don't know. They aren't smarter than you. They're not better than you. But they know something. If you figure out what they're doing, if you figure out their system, whether it's their system of thinking and psychology or their system of acting or the system of investing or system of whatever, you're going to have a huge advantage. And so now what I'm juiced about is taking all that and changing people's psychology by step at a time. Like I'll give you an example. I work with Pat Riley back when he was with the Lakers, you know, long, long, long years ago. And I was, I think, 23 when Pat got a few of my little audios. I was just beginning and we became friends and, and he pushed his teams with a level of intensity. His father pushed in him. You're going to be the meanest, toughest, best. He wasn't the most skilled player, but he made it to the NBA by pure work ethic, right? So he believed that's what everybody should have. So he's got the greatest players in the world, Magic and Jabbar and all these guys back then. He pushed them. He said, you're going to be the toughest, meanest, best team in the league. And he said, and the way we're going to do it is we're going to have practices that will virtually kill you. You're going to look forward to games because they're going to be a cakewalk. Because, you know, in an NBA game, it's the last two minutes is where most of these games get defined, right? I want to have you so well-conditioned, so strong. So they put up with it. they put up with it. They performed. They went to the, the, the you know, NBA championship. And they lost in the last game by, I forget how many points. I think it was to Detroit, if I remember right. And they were devastated. Now, most people, they push to do something. And then when they get near the front, it looks like it may not work. They pull back. And it's a psychological trick you do. So you can say to yourself, well, I still could have won. I didn't do my all. It's, it's a game. So you don't lose face with yourself. But these guys gave their all. And I've done this too. If you give your all and you lose, you're like toast. It's like you're, it, you're gone. There's no, there's no hiding. It's like you, you, you know you weren't enough. And so the next year, for example, Pat says to the team, we're going to increase our efforts and our training 25% because we're going to win this year. And for the first time, he gets pushback. I mean, real intense pushback. Like, what is this? Anger and we're not going to do this. And, and so we had this conversation. I was talking about this idea of optimization, which is what I show people to do in a business. You don't say, I'm going to grow this 5,000% or 150%. People don't believe it. You know, well, let's find seven little things. Let's just improve these you know, 4%, 6% over the next three months. And then we'll do another 4 6%. And what you do is a compounded growth of 134%. It's like these little things. That's what I know how to do best. That's how I built these billion-dollar companies, not by telling the people we're going to grow 134%. Go, let's do these seven things, this one three, this one four, this one nine, and I build a system. So I said to him, go back and apologize. He goes, what? Mm. Say, listen, I'm, I said, you're using push motivation. Push motivation only works for a short period of time. Pull motivation is more powerful where they want it, not you're pushing them. And I said, here's what you got to do. You got to say, listen, I was an idiot. I'm sorry. I want you guys to win so much. You worked your asses off last year. You gave me your all. You gave your, you left it all on the floor and we still lost. So you know what? You know what? There's, it's ridiculous to send some giant goals, or, you know, any goals at all. Let's, let's just go out there and give our best and let the chips fall where they may. And I said, he looks at me like, are you crazy? I said, what's going to happen when you say that to professionals? When you say, let's not have any goals, they're, they're going to push back. They're going to go, well, no, what are you talking about? So when they push back, let them push, push, push. And then you go, well, I tell you what, why don't we just simple a simple goal? We'll all increase, you know, 1%, like 1% in five areas of the game, 1% on free throws, 1% on steals, 1% better each player, you know, that we have at least we have a goal. Now, if you're a pro athlete, you know, generally you tell me it's you. If I said to you, let's only have a 1% goal, well, you're going to push back on if you're an athlete. Now, if you're a businessman, you might say 20%, 50%, but an athlete <laughs> is the best in the world. You don't go 50%. No way. What do you think they would say they could do in their own mind? What percentage improvement? 3%. What would you guess? 
Most of them actually, the athletes think 10. That's only because I work with so many I know. But your number is a good guess because when you're that good, a 3% increase is massive, right? <laughs> massive. So he gets this pushback. What are you? And I said, they're going to be thinking 10%, maybe 5%, but certainly not anything less than that. Certainly not 1%. Now they're pushing you, not you're pushing them. And I said, now here's what you do. I want you to think about this. There's 11 players, but only five are on the you know floor at one time. If five players are improving only 1% in each five areas of the game, that's a 25% improvement. And your 25% number is that you don't need 25%. You only lost the last game by a few points. You need a 5% improvement, a 3% improvement. And they did. And they went the next year and won. They did the same thing next year and they won. And, he, and then he went on to New York. Then he went on to Miami. You know, they became an owner. And it's like fundamental strategy. So I show people a system because enthusiasm and passion are great things. I have lots of both those things. But if I didn't have a system, it's like enthusiasm is, you know, like positive thinking. It's, it's great. You should have positive thinking. Positive thinking is like a shower. You should probably have one. But, you know, you need more than a shower. You need strategy. And if the strategy is overwhelming, most people set these huge goals that make their ego feel okay. And then their brain goes, who am I kidding? I can't do that. I don't know where to go with that. So what we do, Dean and I, is we make it systemic. A little step at a time. You can do this once a day, once a week, you know, once every two weeks. And as you do it, you develop this skill, the next skill, the next skill. And then we have the software to be able to do things that used to take us a year and, you know, a quarter of a million dollars that you can do for free because it's online and the, and the software does it for you. And so it allows people today to have a much lower barrier of entry. Plus today it's a different world. When I was going, like self-education was like, what? Coaching? There, nobody, there was no such thing. Coaching was an, you know, Larry King saying to me, coaching the president, you're not a coach. There's no coaches here. Like that was the mindset. Now everybody's got a freaking coach, and, you know. Financial people call themselves coaches. Therapists call themselves coaches, right? Now, they're not all equal. But so I say to people, let's get the best coach. Get the people that have done it. And so in this area, you know, myself and Dean are two people that have done it at the highest level yeah. for decade after decade. And so we know what the hell to do. And that's, I think, why people are so successful. Let me repeat something that Tony just shared, Fire Nation. Most people only do stuff when they feel, quote unquote, good or like when they have the perfect plan. And winners, Fire Nation they do it now. And Tony, you'll probably appreciate this. I mean, this is about 15 years ago now. I'm a 23-year-old lieutenant in Iraq. I'm on a night operation and I'm literally trying to be General Patton. I mean, I'm trying to come up with a perfect plan that's going to like literally win that war. And my platoon sergeant grabs me, like pushes me up against a Humvee and he's like, LT, a good plan now is better than a great plan later. And guess what? He was right in that situation because later could have been way too late. I mean, we were on a time-sensitive mission. Bolts were flying. Things were happening. So Fire Nation, don't only do stuff when it quote unquote feels good. Do it because you know it's the right thing to do. And Tony, what do you think about this quote? Experts invest in their learning. Amateurs wait till they're earning. Well, first of all, I can't agree more, but I don't want to leave this moment to say thank you for your service. Oh, brother. I didn't Tony. even know that you did that. Yeah, eight years, brother. I can't imagine the hell you went through to try Oof. to serve your country. And uh, I just don't think uh, our veterans are appreciated anywhere near the level of what they've been through. Most human beings, you know, whine about what somebody wrote about them online or, you know, their their secret sauce is not on their, their jumbo jack. Um, and I, I just think in a world where um, people don't, I, I know why you're successful now in business because you've faced something mm. so much greater that you're able to push yourself through. So first, thank you for your service, brother. Thanks, Tony. Answer to your question is, uh, of course, I, I, I agree with that 100%, but more importantly than me, screw me, my whole life has been shaped by this and I've been to help millions of people because of making those investments in the beginning. I didn't like, I didn't wait till I was successful to do it. I didn't, I didn't have the money to do any of this. You know, I, did, I didn't pay my rent to go to a seminar, I remember, because my brain was like, okay, I got to pay my rent. Yes, but why can't you pay your rent? Because I don't have the skills to earn at the level where my rent wasn't even a question. And so somewhere in my brain is like, okay, I got to invest if I'm ever going to grow. It's like, I, I, I'll, wait, I'll wait till I grow and have enough money to invest. It doesn't work that way. And I at least had that a level of intelligence or insight or luck in that moment that I did that. And that's what set me on this. But, you know, when I was doing Money Master the Game and then again, Unshakable, I got to be friends with... 50 of the smartest financial people literally alive today. And, oh, and most of them are richer than anybody ever lived today. Um, and so I, you know, I asked all these people, all these questions. And then one of them was Warren Buffett. And I said, you know, I asked them, most of them, what was the, tell me what was one of the most important investments of your life or one of the best investments of your life? What was your first investment? I was, you know, I was digging in and why'd you do it? And I was like, and I'll never get when I went to Warren Buffett, right. You know, the genius of investing. And I said, uh, what was the best investment you ever made? And he goes, Tony, it's what you do. And I said, what, what do you mean? He said, it's what you do. I said, well, what, what do I do? He goes, well, you do a lot of things. He said, but you get people to invest in themselves and improve themselves. He said, I'm only here today, not because 
of what I know in finance, and I'm self-educated. He talked about how many books he reads every day still to this day and so forth. But he said, the thing that made it all work was investment in Dale Carnegie course, because I learned how to communicate. Without that, all my other skill would have set to the side. My ability to communicate it is what gave me that. And he said, that little course changed my confidence, came my ability. And he said, it changed my entire life. He said, the single most important investment you want your readers to know is an investment in yourself because the multiplied effect you can get investing yourself can come, will multiply way beyond anything investing, whether it be Apple or Netflix or whatever it is, no matter how high that investment is, can't even come close to the improvement of yourself. So I mean, it comes from the highest source. So it doesn't matter what I believe, but I think that is the mistake. The mistake is, oh, I'll do that when, when I can, when it's later. I, I, I just got to say also, philanthropy is the same way. Philanthropy is a big word for caring about people that can't help you or hurt you. It's about caring about humanity. And when you elevate your consciousness, as corny as that may sound, when you start to care about people that can't harm you or hurt you, there's something that happens inside you. Scarcity starts to disappear. And I can tell you, like, I have some people today, oh, yeah, you fed, you know, half a billion people. And, you know, I got, you know, providing a quarter of a million people a day with fresh water here. And, oh, those are all beautiful things. I'm going to do those when I'm rich like you. No, I, I did this when I had no money. When I, you know, I, you know, 19, 20, 22, $23 a change. And I, I would go to this place to eat one day. I won't tell you the whole story. But the bottom line is I was literally going to all you can eat, you know, taco place, El Torito, Marina Del Rey. I walked there because I couldn't pay my rent. I couldn't pay for my electric. I was in a 400 square foot bachelor apartment. I don't know what I was going to do. I, I don't know the real amount of money. It's like $23. There's change in dollars all cropped up. So I walked there two and a half, three miles, not a long walk because I couldn't afford to pay for parking. And I go in there and I'm sitting in this place, scarfing up saying, I'm going to load up for the winter here. Right? You know, the carbs <laughs> I can eat. True story, man. And I'm sitting there and I'll never get this. This door opens and this little boy walks in in a three piece suit, like, you know, I don't know, eight years old, you know, like second, I think it was in the second or third grade, I found out later. But anyway, and then right behind him walks this unbelievably beautiful woman. So I couldn't help but look, of course, it's a single man. <laughs> and, um, and, but what I was fascinated by was this little boy pulled out the chair for his mom and he like, he was, he, he sat down in front of her and they were so attentive. There was this deep connection. I don't know what the trigger was, but I was literally almost in tears just looking at the beauty of this relationship, probably because I didn't have that one. Right. So I just looked at with my mom growing up. My mom gave me lots of gifts, but that wasn't one of them necessarily. And so I'm looking at this thing and then I went and paid the bill. And so I don't know, it was like five ninety five in those days, whatever it was, all you could eat. And I literally ate everything I could. So I got whatever it is, 17, 18, $19 left of the 23 that I had or whatever the real number was. And I walked to this little boy and I introduced myself and, you know, I wasn't famous kid didn't recognize me or anything like that in those days. I was nobody. And, uh, I said, what's your name? He told me name. I forget. I'm going to call him Charlie. Let's say, and I'm Charlie. I said, Charlie, I just want you to know, I've watched you. I just watched you hold that door open for your date here. And I said, I watched you pull out the chair for her. And I said, and you're such an elegant man. And I said, you're giving your full attention. You're not looking around. I said, I just want to say to you, I really have respect for you. He goes, well, she's my mom. <laughs> and I go, that's even better. <laughs> and I said, that's even more respectful. I said, taking your mom to lunch like this? He goes, well, I can't take her. I forgot. I think it was eight or nine years old. He goes, you don't have a job. I'm like nine or eight, whatever it was, right? And I said, and I paused. I had no plan. This was not a setup. And I didn't look at the woman. I wasn't flirting or any of that bull. It was just spontaneous. I reached into my pocket. I took every dime I had, <laughs> whatever, $17, $19. I dumped it on the table right in front of him. And he looked at me, his eyes are big as garbage can covers. And, and he looked at me and said, what's that for? I said, you're taking your mom to lunch. <laughs> and he looked at me and goes, I can't take that. And I said, what? And I said, yes, you can. And he goes, why not? I said, because I'm bigger than you are. <laughs> and, he, and then he grinned and he started giggling. And I didn't wait a moment. I didn't even look at the woman. I just walked out that door and then realized I had no car. <laughs> and I like, I, I swear to God, I was like, I probably looked like a total dork. I was kind of skipping along like to get home. And I should have been at the lowest, like I have no, I just gave away my last night. I know where my meal going to come from. I can't afford anything. And I went home on this high that I can remember like it was yesterday. And I woke up the next morning and I have no food and no money. And I had no fear. I can't, I can't describe the feeling because I never felt it before then. And then the snail mail came. In those days, there was no email, right? The snail mail. And you know, what is it? It's full of bills I can't pay. And I see a personal note. So I opened that just to change my stake. It's like all these bills I can't pay. And I opened it up. And it's this guy I loaned a thousand dollars to like two years before when I had some money, and I it was thousand dollars would be like you know, you know a million dollars today, right? And to me back then, and it's like, but he really needed it. I knew he needed it, and he was a good friend. So I'd reached out to him for the last four months, like over and over. He never turned a phone call, never turned sent him a letter, nothing. 
So now he sends a letter with an apology saying, I'm embarrassed. I should have taken care of you during my toughest time. You're there for me. So I put this together and I put in, she gave me 1200 bucks. 1200 bucks then was like, I could live on it for a month. Right. And I start crying as I'm reading this letter, like uncontrollably crying. And they're just like, you know, then my brain is like, why did this happen? You know? And it's like, I don't know if it's true, but I decided in that moment, this happened because I did what was right. I did what was right in that moment. I didn't wait till I had the money. I didn't calculate it. It wasn't a strategy to get stars on my chart. It wasn't some social media bullshit. It was the truth. It was like in real time, I knew what was right. I didn't question. I did it and I was rewarded. And I can tell you, I've had ups and downs. I've had companies, you know, I've times in my life early on where I almost went bankrupt. I never did, but where I looked dark, but I never went back to that place of scarcity. And so I tell people, if you're not going to give a dime at a dollar, don't me and tell you when you're rich, you're going to be this great philanthropist. Do it now. It'll change you now. Invest now. Invest in yourself now. Invest a portion of other people who can't help you now. It will change your psychology. It'll change your emotion. It'll change. It'll, it'll wipe this. What Most people live in scarcity. Oh, I don't know what to do. I can't do it. And fear. It'll take fear out of you. So educate yourself and take action. Those two, there's no substitute for those two put together. Educate yourself, take action. And I just have to repeat the one phrase that I love that you use, Tony. No food, no money, no fear. I mean, that could literally be a t-shirt that I would wear because it just says (laughs) so much. And Tony... One thing I want to kind of talk about as we wrap up our time here today is Knowledge Broker Blueprint is set a record last year as the biggest online course ever, over 16,000 people at the time, and now it's many, many more. Why was that course such a success? I think really because, you know, people get up and hype up, you're going to make all this money and all, you know, and, and they sell that stuff. And then you attract people that have no sense of contribution or mission. And, you know, uh, I remember when I was introduced to Dean like 15 years ago or 12, 13 years ago. And, and I got to be honest, the guy introduced me, I said, you mean that guy in infomercials? And I used to hate when people said that about me, <laughs> you know, 20 years ago, I had all these infomercials because, you know, the negative connotation was associated to it. And I kind of like, well, he's a salesman. And I teased Dean at this point and embarrassed myself. It's like, I judge you the way people should judge me, you know, 20 years before. But Dean is like, he's in it to win it for people. I just got to tell you, I love this man. He said, one of my dearest friends. So when he and I started talking about this, it wasn't like, how much money could we make? We've made plenty of money. It wasn't like, how much money can we get other people to make? It's like, we want people to be able to earn as much as they possibly can. And we have this privilege, but it was really a mission to give people a way to have meaning in their life where someone could take, you know, someone's a cuts hair. Like we know a person in particular is one of our triggers for this. In fact, he knows this person really well. I think you know what I mean by this without revealing it, but a person who cuts hair and she made a quarter million dollars a year cutting hair. Now most people make 40,000. So we're talking to her. like, like, how do you do that? Yeah. You have some specialized knowledge that could help so many people, but she never thought of it that way. And so it's like, well, that's where it kind of started was like, tell us what you did and tell us how you did. It. And all of a sudden we started building this little system and going, you can help anyone do that. And you could probably earn twice as much money, maybe three times as much money, maybe the same amount of money. I don't know, maybe half as much money doing this thing that you love, helping people, and you can still cut hair if you want to. And so, you know, that's where it started. And then, you know, there's this tax guy and he's like, he's used to compete with everybody, but now he's like 55 and he's brilliant. He's got all these clients, makes all this money. He's like, you know, I have all this knowledge that's going to die with me. He goes, you know, what if I taught other guys to do this? It's like, you know, how would you do that? Where would it go? You know, he earns three times as much as he used to do in his tax business, helping other people. And he still has his tax business too, right? So, the, you know, you've been through, you know, you got a special needs child and you learn how to turn that child around. And then now in a tradition, you know, they're a traditional school. They're no longer in a special school. You have specialized knowledge. You know how many people have that need of an autistic child? You know, you've been through a divorce and you're like, worst thing in my life. And yet somehow out of it, I came out on the other side and now we're bonded together and our kids are great and we're great. How many people get divorced every year and need that? It's like people today need something that gives them meaning and impact and money. Anybody can earn the money. And I, so I think the reason it grew is it's a mission for us. It's like, we want to take self-education and make it the norm. We want people who have this great specialized knowledge, don't even know they have the gift to find their gifts, show them how to do it, systematize it for them and get them out there helping people and earning all at the same time, because there's nothing better as far as I'm concerned. Like, you know, I don't have to work another day of my life, obviously, yeah. you know, but I, I couldn't stop doing this if I tried. It's because it's too self-reinforcing to see somebody's life change. Mm. And we all have something. Or if we don't have something, we know somebody. 
we know somebody who has insights or a gift that we could help them do that. And it becomes like, that's why I started with Jim Rohn. I was kind of the knowledge broker, right? I got people to see him. And then I, get, I became the reporter, like Money Master Game, interviewing these people. Now I, have, I can share that knowledge. And eventually I became the expert. So you might be an expert already in something, or you might just know somebody, but either way, what an incredible way to do it. So I think, I think it's that. I think it's our sincerity and our passion. I think the biggest thing is the results. And we have 24,000 people in 80 countries Unreal. that are doing this right now. That, and, we, and that's all we did. We had this big launch and people told other people in a group. So, and we did the free session for everybody because our whole philosophy is add value first. Do so much for people. It's like, I'd be crazy not to try this out for myself. But I think most people, they just never get themselves in front of opportunities like this. They think things are too good to be true. And I think this isn't too good to be true. This is real. And it's different for everybody. You can do it at different levels. You can do this thing once a week, once a month. You know, you can do it in a weekend, immerse yourself. But you're going to have a community and you're going to have a system. And it's proven over 60 years, 40 plus years of my business career and 20 of Dean's. So we get to, you don't have to make the mistakes we've mm-hmm. made. And most importantly, you're living in a time where, Self-education is, you know, half a billion dollars yeah. a day, going to be a billion shortly. You're in the fastest growing industry in the world. So if you're interested in at least knowing that, I mean, we got, we have a pregnant mom who's doing this, who just completely has built this business she never thought she could have when she was, you know, had full time. And then we've got like doctors who love being a doctor, but has wanted something more. And now he's earning more than he did as a doctor. So this is the kind of opportunity that I think people are looking for. And I think that's why there's so much hunger and it can be done anywhere in the world. I think that's why it's grown so much. So I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, Tony, but we had 50 people that joined Knowledge Broker Blueprint through our affiliate link come down to Puerto Rico. It was like a thank you to them for just being fast action takers. And we threw this mastermind and I was blown away, number one, by the quality of the individuals, but number two, just by the diverse industries that they were all in doing all these different crazy things. And then also just the breakthroughs they have because of the course, Knowledge Broker Blueprints, and of course, the MindMint software that comes with this course. I was personally blown away. I mean, you mentioned a pregnant woman and a doctor. There's just no end to who this could be a benefit to. But if you could just really break it down, who is Knowledge Broker Blueprint for? I think it's for somebody who's hungry. Somebody's hungry to find something that's meaningful for their life or something more meaningful. Somebody who wants to contribute to the world, but doesn't know exactly how to do it or thinks they might know how, but doesn't want to make the mistakes. I think it's for somebody that has, you know, a sense of, I want life on my terms and I don't want to just do what everybody else wants me to do. I want to figure this out. And they they know that they can figure it out if they go to somebody that's actually done it and has proven the system. I think it's for some, I, I, my audience, no matter what it is, is for hungry people. Yeah. You know, some people are not hungry. Hungry meaning you might be hungry because you just had a birthday with a zero on it after 30, right? <laughs> right. You might be hungry because, you know, so you like you start evaluating your life differently, right? You might be hungry because you went through a divorce. You might be hungry because, holy you built this great business and you sold it. Like, what do I want to do now? You might be hungry because you're the best in the world at what you do, but it's like, I want more diversity or I want to explore, you know, or you might be hungry just because you say I'm doing good things, but I want to do something that I'm really proud of from the standpoint of like, it changes lives mm-hmm. and you'd be surprised the niches. You know, Jenna Kircher, who was with you there in, in Fiji, Fiji yeah. you know, one, of the, one of the winter affiliates. I mean, she helped a thousand people change their lives. She was telling me about the stories of these people. And she was, you know, on the verge of tears. Me too, just hearing the stories, how their life changed in just one year since she did this. But it started with her. I mean, she had a camera she bought for $300. Nice. And then she started to figure out how to do it, made a lot of errors. And we've taken out the error side. And now she's this mogul making multi-millions. I, you know, I was talking to her. Where am I? She's in Maui with her family, <laughs> you know, doing all, helping people while she's playing, you know. And I'm here in Palm Beach doing it. It's like, we are blessed lives. But the cool thing is we can share those blessings with other people because we've done it. It's not some promotion. It's something that's real. Tony, we've just entered the roaring 20s. So as we conclude here, what's the one thing that you think Fire Nation should focus on in this specific decade? Find something you're passionate about and that you want to do 24-7 if you could. Find something that's so meaningful for you. And if you don't know what that is, you got to keep exposing yourself to different things. You know, it doesn't just, great ideas don't interrupt you. They've got to be pursued. So I, to this day, I'm still doing it. I'm constantly putting myself in different environments, different people, different situations, and something will hit you. But if you're listening here and you're that far along that you found, you know, Fire Nation and you found John Lee and you know people that know what the hell they're doing, then just put yourself in enough environments and learn enough pieces and exposure so that you can find the way that you can do something 
that does more for other people than anybody else does. It could be in any niche. You don't have to be the biggest in the world. You know, one of my friends became like the top realtor. He was 18 years old. He was the top realtor. First of all, he always wanted to be in real estate. And I remember when he was 17 and I was 18 and, and, you know, you can't get a real estate license until you're 18 in California in those days. And so he used to get on his bike because there wasn't the internet. And he used to p- throw out these little pamphlets that, you know, showed all those the homes for sale. They still have them on magazine racks sometimes. But he'd go deliver it, get paid for it. So he'd know the route. Then he's 18 and he's trying to build his business. Well, you know, Encino, California is in Southern California near LA. And in those days it was a pretty upscale community. This 18 year old kid looked like he was 15. No one to give him a listing. So he's there for 11 months. He has no sales. He's trying to do work on the side so he can support being able to have this, quote, career. And then I kept saying to him, you know, like, I, even then, I was like, I understood the principle because of Jim Rohn. you got to find a way to add more value. Do something significant. Don't do what everybody else does and just knock on doors. Do something for the community. I didn't give him the idea, but he finally came up with this. Check this out. One day, there's, there's a trash strike in L.A. And the trash strike went on for, like, I don't remember really. I think six weeks, if I remember right. And, after, and this is a high-end community. So imagine you're a fairly wealthy person. You come home to your house, and after two or three weeks, the trash hasn't been picked up. So mm. it's everywhere. Cats and dogs get in it. Rats start coming. I mean, people are pissed. And so all of a sudden, my buddy, he's, he's thinking about, what could I do? What could I do? What could I do? And he sees how filthy it is, which, of course, doesn't help the real estate sales. And so he gets this idea. And he, he says, you know, Tony, what if I went and I, what if I, what if I pay a private service just to take all this trash away one day and take it to the dump for everybody. I said, that is brilliant. I said, but don't take credit for it. He said, what? I said, how much is it going to cost? He goes, I don't know. I think it's, it's saying like three or four thousand dollars would be, you know, like ten or fifteen thousand dollars. That was like a huge amount of money for him. I said it'd be the best investment in your career you've ever made, but do it sincerely, meaning don't do it to get something and you will get something. And don't tell people you did it. It'll eventually get out, but don't go broadcasting I did this for you. Right, just let people come home and have a clean home. And so, what happened? It's exactly what I predicted. So he does it. Unbelievably brilliant concept idea. So, and by the way, his thing's a farm. So I'm trying to say to people listening, and they go, "How am I going to be in the best in the world?" You don't start in the best in the world. You start the best in your neighborhood, right? So this little neighborhood that was, you know, the farm they call it in real estate, where he would go and knock on doors and so forth. Small set of streets. I don't know how many it was. Let's call it eight streets. He pays to drag all the trash away. People come home that night expecting trash everywhere, and there's no trash. Oh my God, thank God the trash strike's done. So they turn on the TV that night, the news comes on, and it goes, day 37 of the trash strike. <laughs> and people are like, what the hell? Yeah. Who stole my trash? <laughs> he said, where's my, where'd my trash go, right? And so people in the neighborhood are all talking. Everybody's like, where'd the trash go? And so finally, somehow it gets out and he starts getting all these phone calls. And so he said, well, yeah, I did it. Oh my God, I want to know my portion. We should have thought of this. We should all just chipped in and done this. He goes, no, no, no. I said, don't take their money, right? He goes, no, no, I got to pay my part. He goes, no. Well, then what can I do? Well, I'm in the real estate business. If you'd ever like to you know, list your home or sell your home or you know somebody else wants to buy or list the home, I hope you think of me. In 18 months, every home but one in that community was sold by him. Wow. He made $1.1 million in commission, <laughs> commission at 20 years old, right? So what I'm saying to you is you don't have to master the earth. You can find a little niche and you can master that with a small number of people and you can have something that's meaningful for you and give your life meaning, give it fun, give it enjoyment and earn well. And if you keep earning well, you can keep growing. I just want to give people a sense because like in my world now, I know people look at me and go, oh, could I do that? I couldn't do this there 43 years ago. I can do it now, right? I started with seven people in a giant empty room, right? So I want people to know, I don't want you to start with seven people in an empty room. I'll show you how to avoid that. I can show you how to accelerate it, but you don't need to get up and do 10,000 people. You don't need to get up and be a perfect speaker. We put those systems in place, and our system also shows you how to manage the psychology. But take us up on a free offer and come check us out and come to our class at no charge with Dean and I, and we'll show you how this all works, and you can see if it's worthwhile for you. Tony, you said a lot of words over the years that have impacted me, but this comment you just made, it hit me like an anvil. Great ideas don't interrupt you. They have to be pursued. And Fire Nation, it's on you. Pursue that greatness. And Tony, thank you for sharing your truth with Fire Nation today. For that, brother, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. All right, brother. See you in Fiji. Bula, bula. Bula, bula. (laughs) Oh, Fire Nation, I am simply overflowing with fire after that 53-minute chat with Tony Robbins. It is hard to believe that just happened, but it did. And I really hope that you take my strong call to action right now and head over to 
eofire.com slash KBB. When you head over there, you can sign up for the free live stream that Tony Robbins, Dean Graciosi, and Russell Brunson will be rocking on February 27th. They are limiting how many people they can let into the chat. There's just a cap there. So head over there as soon as you're hearing my words, eofire.com slash KBB. Check on the availability of that, eofire.com slash KBB. Let's do this. Great sleep starts with a great bed. Get $150 off your purchase of the pod by 8sleep plus free shipping when you visit 8sleep.com slash fire today. That's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash fire. A new year is the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people, but finding qualified candidates can be challenging. Lucky for us, there's ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.